Well, welcome to another broadcast week here on The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and it is a movie Monday that you will never forget because we're not giving away movie tickets. <laughs> How about that? We are not giving away movie tickets per se, but our giveaway this hour is movie-related. Uh, the Chosen, of course, the outstanding television drama uh, about the life of Christ that uses the, uh, what do they call it, the... Uh, uh, the, the harmony gospels, if you will, the portions of the scriptures where this story is included in all four, or at least in the three synoptic gospels. Season four of The Chosen recently finished production, and we're thrilled that that means we'll be getting some release dates. I don't know if we're going to have to wait until November like we did last year with season three. You remember that uh, The Chosen actually has become kind of a theatrical event. Ray, uh, Ray Nutt, who's the CEO of Fathom Events, has told me on this program, and we've had many conversations over the past years, that they're working with The Chosen and taking episodic television and turning it into movies, if you will, has kind of revolutionized their industry. So last year when season three dropped, as they said, um, if you were going to watch it free on the app, you could watch it free on the app at the end of November. But the weekend before Thanksgiving, they took uh, episodes one and two of season three and did a theatrical release and broke all box office records, 10, 14 million dollars in ticket sales. So they did the same thing with season uh, three, episode seven and eight. And that was record setting right before Easter, of course. So who knows what's going to happen? We do not have tickets for The Chosen in theaters yet. I just want to throw that out there. Someone's going to call 800-227-5278 today and say, where are my Chosen tickets? We don't have them yet. But here's what we do have for you today. We do have a couple of copies of the book I was just talking about that was co-authored by Amanda Jenkins, the wife of Dallas Jenkins, and uh, the team at The Chosen. And it's a very, very informative book. It's a very, very powerful book. And it's literally called The Chosen Presents, dun, da, 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 A Blended Harmony of the Gospels. It's a beautiful leather-bound edition of the book. We have two copies that we're giving away today. So our Movie Monday giveaway, in addition to another book that we'll be giving away later today, our Movie Monday giveaway is two of these chosen books. The Chosen Presents, A Blended Harmony of the Gospels by my guest who's coming up next, Waiting in the Wings, Amanda Jenkins. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number that gets you through to the bottom line. Now, people have complained about The Chosen. We don't like this is told or this is described and this, that, and the other thing. And I get it. I understand it. There are some people um, who look at what The Chosen does and the way they present the gospel story and say, um, you guys are taking liberties with Scripture. Well, I don't know that they're necessarily taking liberties per se. Here's what you see. There are four gospel accounts. There is one Jesus. And so there are different details and timelines and emphases in every gospel. And sometimes you don't get a chance to see the whole narrative. So what they do is they put together, I mean, looking at all four gospels, getting a Jewish perspective, getting a Christian perspective. They try to put this together in one seamless narrative. And that's what this book does. Basically, it's 40 daily readings and an index of the scriptural references for each passage. So you can literally just kind of dive right into the greatest story ever told and read along. I find it very helpful. I, when I started doing my one-year Bible reading, I did so, gosh, let's see, Kaylee was in eighth grade. So <laughs> it was right around, I think around 2000. I had read the Bible through uh, cover to cover once prior to that. I got a copy of the one-year Bible hardbound when I think I was, a, I was newly married, a new dad. So this is the late 1980s. 
and I'd read through it once. Never terribly disciplined. I try, and that time I did it, you'll laugh. This is before the internet was everywhere and everybody had satellite radio in the car. I literally would hold the Bible in my hand while I had to drive to LA twice a week and I would read. And then, of course, you discover the internet and webs and you can listen to it and Max McLean's done it. A lot of people have read the Bible and it's nice to listen to it. Since then, I mean, since uh, 2000, I believe, um, I've had that, well, at least since 2000, I know what it is, since 2003. I've read through the Bible every year. And a couple of years ago, I made the switch to the chronological Bible. And when I was recovering from surgery, I used to um, listen to Max McLean read it on my walk every morning. And so now that's the way I do my daily devotions. When you read the Bible based on the chronological as opposed to the canon of scripture that was put together at the Council of Trent um, or the Council of Nicaea, you then understand a little differently, hey, guess what? Job and Genesis, the early parts of Genesis, happening at the same time. You can see the places where a psalm was written in response to something that happened in 1 Kings or 2 Samuel. And it really does help. So I, you know, one of the people who, the people who complain about the chosen saying, why do you do this with the scripture? I, for one, really welcome it. And I think the Jenkins family does an excellent job with it. So special edition of Movie Monday today here on The Bottom Line. We have two copies of The Chosen Presents, A Blended Harmony of the Gospels. It is a book in imitation leather. We've got two copies that we're giving away today at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, let's revisit my conversation with Amanda Jenkins about this fascinating new book. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Very special guest joining me today here on the bottom line because we're going to talk about an aspect of the chosen that a lot of people don't take into consideration. I mean, obviously, the the fact that we have these fantastic, uh, you know, screenings and uh, set visits and all the things that go with the visual is just really remarkable. But Amanda Jenkins is with me today here on The Bottom Line. She's the wife of Dallas Jenkins, and Amanda has a huge responsibility with regard to The Chosen, especially uh, for a brand-new Chosen devotional that we're talking about today here on The Bottom Line Show. Amanda Jenkins, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate your accent, Wall. For anyone who's watching on myhopenow.com, we've we've been having a nice conversation before we started our <laughs> online here about what an accent wall is. Um, Amanda, talk about what you, I mean, The Chosen's phenomenal. Congratulations on the, uh, you were in the top 10 at the box office yet again, you know, which shows that people do want to see the life of Christ. They want to see the scripture yeah. come to life on the big screen. How exciting was it for you and for your husband to see the successes again in the box office? Yeah, I mean, it is it is a lovely part of what we're doing. It's not the point of what we're doing. And so it's right. just been this really kind of unexpected and cool side thing. Um, I I miss movies in the theater. I feel like, you know, there just aren't that many anymore. So the fact that we got to put Jesus up there, it, it was just a, a a cherry on top of a really good season. Yeah, and, and a se- what a season it's been. I mean, and we're talking all the way back to... 2017, 2018, of course, when The Chosen really got its start. Um, I always ask anybody who's been on the cast uh, or you know, the crew of The Chosen to give your own explanation, because we do have a few bottom line show listeners who might say, why is Roger always talking about The Chosen? Can you give us maybe a 60-second overview of what The Chosen is? Because I think there there might be some misinformation out there that maybe Amanda Jenkins can kind of cut through the clutter uh, and clear up for us. <laughs> I better be able to at this point. <laughs> uh, the Chosen is a multi-season show 
know about the life of Jesus and his followers in that last three years of his ministry. So um, just a really unique look at Jesus uh, from a historical fiction point of view where we're steeped in scripture, um, but we do take some creative license with, you know, what, what might they have been talking about as they were walking to Samaria or as they were, you know, eating breakfast in the morning or whatever it is. So um, it's it's it really is a, a close look at the people who follow Jesus because when we can connect with them, we can connect better with Jesus. So that's kind of the intention behind the show. Well, I love that. And there's a devotional book out now called The Chosen Presents, a blended harmony of the gospels, which we have up at thebottomlineshow.com. And I know this is where now we're getting into Amanda Jenkins' wheelhouse because your husband, Dallas, of course, the creator of the series, he's the director, he's working with all the writers, making sure all the visuals look right. But there are so many other parts to The Chosen Ministry, and you have responsibility for the oversight of that. Talk about what you're referring to when you refer, mention a blended harmony of the Gospels. You know, a lot of people are are saying, well, I'm not sure if this is biblical or this, that, and the other thing. But oh, yeah. if, if anything, this is probably the most biblical representation of Christ because of what you're doing with that harmonizing of the Gospels. Talk about that, if you would. Yeah, this is our newest. Um, it's a, it's like a 40-day, broken into a 40-day reading plan of all four of the Gospels, which are parallel stories told by four different um, disciples of Christ, all put together so that um, it reads more like a story. So um, instead of Matthew's account and John's account and Luke's account, these are put um, kind of back to back uh, so that they just are fluid. And But it's all the Bible, which I love. So Dallas is always the first to say that the chosen is not the Bible and he is not a pastor. He's a, he's a filmmaker and we're doing our best. Um, but we want the show to point people to the Bible and this is the Bible. And so we're, we're so excited about this one because that's our heart. We want people to land in God's word. So that's what this is kind of broken into 40 days of reading. So it's really great to leading into the, um, really the Easter season is, is that's coming upon us. And, and mm -hmm. I'm just excited about it in general. Well, Amanda, Amanda Jenkins with me today here on The Bottom Line, responsible for the content of that part of The Chosen, which, of course, you've loved on the app and you've seen at the big screen. This new book, The Chosen, presents a blended harmony of the Gospels, but doing so in a way that shows it. Uh, the word I keep hearing about Chosen, The Chosen, more than any other is relatable. You know, people saying, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that these kinds of things happen. I didn't realize that Simon and Eden went through stuff that, hey, I know people in my church who've been through that type of thing. Talk about how how important it is to you know, you're talking about the harmony of the gospel which is great because that's biblical and sometimes people don't realize that there is that kind of synchronicity between the 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 four gospels but yeah. then you know the the balance of saying okay how do we show people not make it relatable but show people how relatable it really is yeah, well, our uh, Dallas and the, and the writers, they kind of work backwards. So they look at the stories in scripture that we have. And and whereas traditional um, Jesus projects will take you just kind of miracle to miracle or sermon to sermon, they're filling in that um, the, the middle. And so they'll take those moments, those moments that we have recorded in scripture, and then they'll say, okay, what might have gotten us to this place? Um, why would Matthew have dropped everything and left the tax booth as soon as Jesus called him? So they work backwards and then they fill in what is biblically plausible. Um, and then we have our, our people who surround us, who keep us, um, 
uh, who keep us honest and like our New Testament scholar and our Messianic rabbi and people who really kind of set some boundaries for us to work inside. But then these guys are, they're storytellers and they're movie makers and they're creatives. And so they get to fill in some of that with what, what could have um, been Matthew's reasons or um, what could have been Mary Magdalene's backstory. And I think what people are reacting to is that they're seeing themselves on the screen rather than, you know, Dallas always says, we're, we're trying to take these characters off of stained glass windows and because they were real mm. people with real problems and real struggles and crises of faith and all the things that we're going through every day. And so when you're able to identify with the people around Jesus who were rescued by Jesus and radically changed by Jesus, then you actually can see yourselves in those stories. So um, that's what we're trying to do with these characters and kind of how we how we do it. Amanda Jenkins is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. She and her husband, Dallas, the creative forces behind The Chosen. And I appreciate everything that you guys have done with the video, of course, with the visual, with the writing as well, this brand new. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm wondering, Amanda, you guys have, obviously you hear from hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who've contacted you over the three seasons of The Chosen. Season three seemed to be kind of a turning point. I mean, the first two, a little more honeymoon-like, and the third one, this is where it really gets tough. I mean, this is where a lot of the harder questions are showing up, and, and uh, you know, it seemed like Jesus had as many enemies as friends <laughs> during this season. Is there any one, was there any one storyline or any one email or post that you got from a, a viewer of The Chosen that really stuck with you? I mean, I wish I could, I'm, I'm actually glad to say there isn't just one. There, there are so many people who've contacted us this season who who were so comforted by the story, especially about little James and, and how we show that mm, little James mm -hmm. has this ailment that Jesus doesn't choose to heal. And a handful of people didn't like that um, because they they think it's a matter of you know faith and and Jesus heals everything as long as you have enough faith. Um, I think a lot of us have experienced that we don't always get the things that we ask for, and that sometimes right. Jesus's plans are different uh, than we wish they were. And so, how do you deal with those really tough things? And we've had a lot of people who've been dealing with a lot of tough things. There are a lot of hurting people, and um, what was so cool about it is just they they felt seen and they felt not just um, not just seen by Jesus, but, but, the, the, but also a purpose, a purpose in it. And, and so it, it's been a really encouraging season to see people who otherwise have been discouraged, be so encouraged, including us. We, we have some stuff in our lives that um, are, have so far gone unhealed and un, unfixed according to, you know, what we would like to see. And, you know, I, I, it's funny how the chosen ministers to us first, God has been really merciful mm. in that way. And so, but, but yeah, I would say those stories of, um, of struggle and heartache, but Jesus being the comforter and um, and being reminded of his plan has been my favorite part of this season. I think that's wonderful. Amanda Jenkins is with me today here on The Bottom Line, the lead creator for The Chosen's extra content. Chosen wound up in the top 10 at the box office yet again, um, and I, I, I'm in anticipating there's going to be a full-length motion picture at some point but oh. I, I don't I don't want to I because I, I, I realized that husband of yours may have a score to settle with those Gavin Stone people but that's that's a whole different conversation I'm sure you're working uh, out a whole backstory yeah <laughs> uh, let, Amanda let's talk about this from the perspective of the fact that people forget that you guys are married obviously you in Dallas but you have four kids too and a lot of the the stuff that you're writing, you're hearing from a lot of adults and everything, but the, the Chosen is having an impact and imprint on children. You're writing Bible studies, you're writing children's books and things like that. Talk about why a series like The Chosen and the resources that you're working on are so important for kids, especially in this day and age. That's been just an awesome surprise that that kids actually are connecting to the show. It's 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 
you know, it's complex sometimes and there are heavy accents. And and I, I don't think we at all thought that this was going to connect with kids, but kids love the show. And um, and so we do have some fun extra stuff for kids, some uh, kids devotional and kids picture books and activity books and things like that. Just to, we want to disciple the kids that are that are coming. We want to have parents to have resources for those kids. So that's all all available on our app. But um, it's been probably the single most thing that um, that makes Dallas cry almost instantly is any story um, he hears or letter he gets from a kid. It's been pretty neat. And then our own kids, you know, our our own kids are struggling their way through some things. They're teenagers mm-hmm. and they're growing up. And um, and it's, I mean, how what a double blessing for us that this thing that we're pouring ourselves out for is also actually ministering to our own kids. So it's been how nice. are you? I had your father-in-law on not too long ago, and he was talking about the, the similarities between the left behind thing, Jerry B. Jenkins, of course, and and uh, the chosen, and how he and Dallas were the same age when these things all happened, ah. and you know the fact that he grew, grew grew up. How has it impacted the success part? How has it impacted your family? I'm asking you, not him, because uh, you know mom will tell us what's really going on. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will say we saw that modeled so beautifully um, by Jerry and and how he took that in stride and 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 didn't change who he was and right. was very generous and and so we have a we have a good model. Um, but also, honestly, like the thing is so successful that Dallas he's too smart to even take credit for it. He's like, this is this is a God thing for whatever reason. God's right. chosen this thing at this time. And, you know, he was, he came off of a career fail right before. So, so he's just been properly humbled and he stays on his face. And so the success is great. It's, it's more scary than, um, than anything, just because we're trying to continue to steward it well. So um, it's all, it's all those things, but I, I do appreciate the example that we've, that we've been able to watch for a number of years. That's wonderful. Well, I don't ask this enough, but I'm going to ask our listeners to make sure you keep the the creative team, especially starting with Dallas and Amanda Jenkins in your prayers on a regular basis, because of the fact that this has become such a huge phenomenon. And obviously that you use the, the perfect word to describe it, how you steward what is God has placed in front of you into your hands and, and is using to touch the hearts and lives of millions of people. We've got about 60 seconds left in our conversation with Amanda Jenkins, the lead content creator for All Things Chosen off the screen, as well as, you know, one who contributes as well on screen. This new book, The Chosen Presents a Blended Harmony of the Gospels, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Um, what would make this the perfect gift now? I know there's a listener who's sitting there on the fence going, haven't watched all the chosen yet, or I'm kind of not sure, certain about what is going to be in this book. What what are the, the 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 reassurances you can give a listener that this is the perfect resource, not only to use, but also maybe to share with somebody who has questions about the Bible, about Jesus? Well, it's just an, you know, it's more accessible. So sometimes the Bible can be really overwhelming to to people. They don't know where to start. They don't know, you know, how much to read, how far to go. And it just is, it's so accessible. So it's not only in a really great um, format, you know, it's 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 small, it's unintimidating, but it's also broken up into, into short reads. And so it really, it feels digestible. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just a beautiful little book. So. I love it. Well, and it and I, it sounds like you're quite proud of it, and not in I am. yeah, I mean, and and not in a braggy sort of way, but rather in a hey, look what God is doing sort of way. Here's yet another uh, great resource that's coming from this whole project that you guys are able to steward, and I think it's fantastic. Amanda Jenkins, thank you for the work that you guys have done on the Chosen, and also for this brand new book, The Chosen Presents: A Blended Harmony of the Gospels, which is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Amanda, God's richest blessings to you and the family from all of us here at the Bottom Line. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. 
Well, this is a great resource, and I highly, I mean, it's a fun Bible study, if you will, taking a look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the different details, different timelines, different emphases of each gospel. Sometimes when you read them individually, you don't get the whole narrative together, but this book, The Chosen Presents, A Blended Harmony of the Gospels, will help you do just that. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. So give Crystal a call, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. More to come in just a moment as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year, and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. The book we're giving away, I know it's Movie Monday, but in honor of the fact that The Chosen isn't back in theaters yet, but we do have this brand new book to give away, we're going to give away The Chosen book as our Movie Monday giveaway sound like a fair trade the chosen presents a blended harmony of the gospels uh co-authored by well the intro is by amanda jenkins and her husband dallas jenkins the kind of the brain behind the chosen series 800-227-5278 yeah i know tomorrow's a holiday this is a weird week we're still giving away stuff 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line one production note uh, with the Chosen starts its debut, I mean, they've already finished, the, they've wrapped season four. Uh, there's already been a casting change, which, you know, it, it's awkward when this happens. The Chosen will probably be now, from what I recall Dallas telling me the last time we spoke, it's going to be seven seasons. It may be eight. But when they signed up to rent out the uh, Salvation Army Conference Center in Midlothian, Texas, which is basically now when you see season three and season four, anytime you know you say, hey, we're in Jerusalem. Hey, we're in Rome. Hey, we're this. You're in Midlothian. You're an hour south of Dallas. <laughs> That's where they are. But it's a great location. They signed up to film, I believe, at least five seasons there. And it's a long-term lease. And it's a wonderful uh, relationship that they have with uh, the, between the Salvation Army. They had a 12, I want to say 12-acre campsite 
that was a training center, has hotels and, you know, just kind of a wide range of everything. And when COVID came, it basically shut them down. I mean, no one was going to do these conferences. And so with the Chosen coming in and taking up basically three-fourths of the campground, campground is now open again, so anybody who wants to go and have a retreat or something like that can do so. But what the Chosen have done the, is they've, they've established the Chosen Foundation, the Come and See Foundation. Now they're all, they've kind of branched away from Angel Studios. They've got Lionsgate Entertainment, the I Could Only Imagine People, and um, uh, do a number of faith-based films, the guys behind Jesus Revolution. They're going to handle all the uh, motion picture distribution and international uh, processing as well. But walking on the set of The Chosen now at the Salvation Army uh, campgrounds, the retreat center, they're building the set there to stay permanently. And the idea is that they can then, once The Chosen are done filming The Chosen, they will always have that forever branding where let's say uh, your youth group wanted to have a junior high or high school camp or even an elementary school camp. The kids could go and stay at this place in just outside of Dallas and they get a chance to literally walk where Jesus walked. They've recreated Capernaum. They've recreated the, I, I, I have video that they, they gave me a professional videographer when I was there uh, who literally, we walked the grounds. I mean, here's the Mount of Olives, you know, here's the, here's the temple. I mean, here, here's the tax collector booth where Matthew used to collect taxes. I mean, it's all gonna be there as an educational site and it's gonna be fantastic. So uh, I sound like a welcome wagon for The Chosen, but uh, we're giving away two copies of The Chosen Presents, a blended harmony of the gospels and taking your calls at 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And then of course, we've got more opportunities for you to win coming up on the other side of this break. As a matter of fact, When it comes to relationships, I think about Dallas and Amanda Jenkins and how well they work together as a married couple that can also work. But they've been focused on these Christ-centered, faith-based projects for so long, the spiritual component could very easily uh, build their marriage up and make it a stronger situation. But the, just the button heads department could actually be something of a detriment. So how do you have a grace and truth relationship in your marriage and keep it from having the wheels literally come off the proverbial cart. On the other side of this break, Brad and Marilyn Rhodes are going to join me. Uh, The Rhodes family, uh, he, uh, an an attorney, she, a counselor, um, also launched an organization called Grace Marriage back in 2015. Uh, Brad had been a practicing attorney and was also the marriage pastor at their local church. They've written a book that kind of came out of nowhere called The Grace Marriage, and it talks about how the gospel and intentionality transform your relationship. There's a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're going to get into that conversation coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line Show. I, I offer that greeting at the beginning of every half hour because we have Bottom Line Show affiliates actually in 31 rated markets. And um, in addition to our podcast crowd, and there are people who are tuning in at all different times uh, to hear the program. So for those who are just tuning in, if this is the start of your bottom line show, welcome to the broadcast. For those who have been with us for the previous half hour, that's why you hear the phone ringing in the background. We're giving away a copy, actually two copies of a brand new book by the creators of The Chosen. Uh, We had Amanda Jenkins on with me in the first half hour of the program. And Amanda is the author of this brand new book, will co-author of the book called The Chosen Presents, The Harmony of the Gospels 
We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and two copies that we're giving away of this blended Harmony of the Gospels book in imitation leather, I might add. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278-800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Um, uh, something happened in Nevada a week or so ago that I wanted to make note of here before we go any further. Because I recall, it was maybe 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago now, when a young woman in California by the name of Brittany Maynard announced to the world that she was going to end her life. This is a gal who was 29 years of age, I believe, when she was diagnosed with a rather radical uh, advanced form of cancer. And she was told that radiation and chemo was her only option. But uh, quite frankly, she she said, and I want to make sure I don't misquote this, I was rather surprised when she announced to the world that she was going to end her life and the reason she was going to was she didn't want to have to go through all the heartache of radiation and chemo and how it would make her all puffy and disfigured and whatever it just it wasn't worth it to her she was I mean she was 29 but she decided she was going to end her life now back in 2013 2014 I believe Oregon may have been the only state that had a legal euthanasia uh, component and you had to live there for a certain period of time so she went and met with a couple of doctors, but then she met with an organization that specializes in euthanasia. I won't give their name out here because I don't want to give them any advertising. And she basically was making the case that people should be able to, that's when the phrase death with dignity showed up. And I'll tell you something about this quote unquote death with dignity movement. It's kind of like the so-called gender affirming care that we hear about from the totalitarian left. Death with dignity means that you help somebody who is in an elderly state finish well. Uh, my daughter Kaylee, who uh, degree in exercise physiology and biokinesiology, uh, likens it. She's also she and I ran six half marathons together, and a year or so ago she completed her first marathon. Uh, to which she responded, "I'll never do that again." When <laughs> she crossed the finish line, but nonetheless, she said, "You know the beautiful thing. She's been working with uh, the elderly for years, right out of high school. She worked for a, a, a nursing home and and began to you know see people in there. It, it was great for an 18-year-old to be able to see people who had been captains of industry and military and churches and you know had been quite accomplished, who were kind of reduced to living in these conditions where they were in these uh, hospital." beds and they were had incontinence issues and dementia and you know the the fact that death with dignity to us as christians i believe has more to do with uh how we help people cross the finish line that's kaylee's uh, analogy and she said you know when somebody is in those final steps it's like when they're running the marathon the olympic marathon starts in a stadium ends in a stadium i don't know how other marathons do once we've run had a starting line and an ending point uh somewhere out in the street but at the stadium level for the Olympics, that's where it starts. You can see all the runners at the beginning of the race and you can welcome them as they come back. And there's that point in the race for every runner where the runner enters the stadium and you see they basically have about a 300 meter trek around, maybe a horseshoe uh, length around the track before they cross the finish line, before they take the tape. And it's a really, uh, just it's a kind of a beautiful moment to see someone doing that um, as uh, her grandparents have gotten older. I know Kay used that example. She said, Grandma and Grandpa, you know, enter the stadium, and it'll take them as long as it takes them to go around the track. I mean, for some people, it takes a while. They they enter into those final kind of frail years, um, and then they take two or three years, just kind of, there's been a lot of life. They 
ran at a pretty hectic pace and they don't just stop, right? But for other people, um, you know, that, that, that pain seems to be a bit too much for them to bear. And that's why the euthanasia movement really caught steam. And when this young woman, Brittany Maynard, said, I want to die, basically, and I want to uh, have the state handle it, she moved to Oregon, established residency there, and eventually ended her life. The hope that the organization that was working with her had was that they would eventually say, here's a Californian who had to move to Oregon to you know, end her life, and we think assisted suicide should be the law of the land in every state. As it stands right now, I believe there are five states that do allow for someone to end their life. And there are certain medical requirements. You have to go meet with a uh, doctor. You have to have a terminal illness. It has to be a six-month waiting period. There's the residency issue. I, some states now are trying to waive the residency issue. because I mean, I hate to say it, but there's a, they'll, they'll talk morals and ethics all they want. You know, death with dignity. You, you shouldn't be held up by the red tape, whatever. There's a business aspect to this, too. There are states that are looking for ways to get money. California is one of them. They are at the forefront of the transgender mutilation surgeries for children in California, quite frankly, because there's a lot of money to be made in that industry. And the same thing when it comes to, they call it physician-assisted suicide. And so another state was considering physician-assisted suicide. And wouldn't you know it, when SB 239 showed up on the governor's desk, it passed both houses in the state of Nevada, Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo vetoed the bill. Basically, it, 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 it would have legalized physician-assisted suicide, and here's another part that people don't often think about as collateral damage. What about the Christian physicians who has a client come to them? Maybe it's a Christian oncologist or someone who deals with Parkinson's disease or something like that. And the client family show up and they say, look, Grandpa has Parkinson's doesn't know who he is, shaking all the time, no quality of life for him. We just want to end his life now so we can go be with the Lord or, you know, whatever their belief system is. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't, I mean, the scripture is clear. And when it comes to the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not commit murder. I mean, that people say, thou shalt not kill. I believe the actual translation is murder. Murder is premeditated. Anybody could accidentally kill somebody at any moment. Every time you get behind the wheel of the car, you could conceivably wind up hitting a pothole that throws your car into somebody else's car that throws their car into somebody else's car and someone winds up losing their life. We call that manslaughter or you know, uh, involuntary. You know, it, it happened, but I didn't mean it to. Murder, though, is a whole different conversation because murder involves a premeditation. Murder involves someone planning to you know, make this happen, uh, to set it out. I mean, for all intents and purposes... Physician-assisted suicide does kind of meet the criteria. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to get into the semantics of this. But in the same way, abortion does too. A woman plans an abortion. She goes to the abortion clinic. They either induce the abortion using surgical means or they give her the pills, the so-called medical abortion, abortion care, the left likes to call it, and they kill a child in the womb. The child has no recourse. It was planned that the child's life would be ended. So for all intents and purposes, except for the fact that it's legal in some states, abortion falls into that murder category as well. So a physician-assisted suicide, so yeah, but they knew they have to be of sound mind before they sign off and they want to end it. Well, you can't murder yourself. 
I mean, somebody has to do it. And just because they signed a form that gave you consent doesn't necessarily mean that's what they wanted. Ask all the Planned Parenthood volunteers who went on camera and said, look, this woman came in, we scheduled her abortion, we wanted the organs, so we forged her signature on the consent form. She never consented to, quote unquote, donating her baby's organs after the baby was dead. And it is kind of interesting that they would say the life has no viability in the case of abortion, but we still can harvest the organs? If the baby isn't viable, what good are the... You get the idea. Well, physician-assisted suicide also forces Christians to be put in that situation. What if you're a Christian oncologist, a woman like Brittany Maynard shows up in your office, you give her the results, and then she says, okay, I want to end my life. You can't unhear it. You have to then refer her to somebody who would potentially do that. And now you're part of the record. After meeting with Dr. Roger Marsh, the oncologist here, who referred her to this doctor who administered the lethal dose. Do you want that on your conscience? I would never send someone willingly to their grave. It's ridiculous. There might be that, you know, Old Testament, the axe handle flies off and hits your donkey type of thing. I mean, we're all potentially prone to that. But what about physician-assisted suicide? It, I mean, what about this, the sanctity of human life? And why do medical professionals get sucked into this as well? Well, Governor uh, Joe Lombardo vetoed SB 239. Here's the official statement from our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom. Quote, every life is sacred and has inherent value. Physician-assisted suicide is neither compassionate nor an appropriate solution for those who are suffering. It ends an innocent human life without justification. Furthermore, many bills that legalize physician-assisted suicide, including this bill, Senate Bill 239, violate the rights of conscience of healthcare professionals by forcing them to participate in ending the lives of their patients. Doctors prescribe medicine, not death. The state should not order them to act contrary to their duty as healers. That's why we commend Governor Lombardo for vetoing this dangerous legislation. Thanks to him, the integrity of the medical profession and the rights of conscience for healthcare professionals will not be violated by the legalization of physician-assisted suicide in the state of Nevada. That is a statement from Alliance Defending Freedom attorney Denise Burke, who's senior counsel with ADF and is a member of the Center for Legislative Advocacy. We'll put this up at thebottomlineshow.com. The reason I bring this up now is because in just a moment, we're going to get into a conversation about marriage and a grace-filled marriage. The Grace Marriage, in fact, is the name of the book. Brad and Marilyn Rhodes are going to join me. Um, You can transform your marriage relationship using grace. One of the conversations that may very well come up as you get older in years is what do you do in a situation like this? You know, what happens if one spouse is failing in health and the other spouse is here saying, I don't want you to suffer anymore. Can you have that conversation with grace and with truth? I think if you do so in a biblical sense, ultimately you'll come down to, well, yeah, this is painful and yeah, this is awkward and it's kind of a bummer way to end, but isn't the grace way to go about this? To to love each other with grace and dignity and respect. Brad and Marilyn have some interesting things to share about a grace-based marriage. And we'll talk about them in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. 
The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Boy meets girl, girl meets boy, they fall in love, they get married, and they live happily ever after, right? Well, if you watch a 90 or 100-minute movie, that's how it always plays out, <laughs> or unless they want to create a little tension in there to make sure that uh, it, it creates a more interesting story. But if marriage was God's idea, and we in the body of Christ know that he designed it to be very, very good, why does it seem like so many marriages are kind of either disengaged or or they're just kind of flat. They're just kind of boring. And, uh, you know, it's an average. We're just getting through marriage. Uh, today here on The Bottom Line, I'm joined by Brad and Marilyn Rhodes. They found a grace marriage back in 2015. And the whole priority was to help churches and couples priority uh, make marriage a priority in their life. They've written a brand new book about what their ministry is all about and what they are hoping to share with married couples. It's called The Grace Marriage, How the Gospel and Intentionality Transform Your Relationship. And we have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Brad and Marilyn Rhodes, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're excited to get into this conversation. Brad, with a background as an attorney, Marilyn as a counselor. and But Brad, while you were practicing law, you were also running a marriage ministry, from what I understand. Talk about that. I was. I think it's funny you were talking about how the you know happily ever after deal. You notice most of those movies end with the wedding. Right. <laughs> you really don't know it. <laughs> Very you true. Know, so it's like because they think it wouldn't be as uh, attractional a movie if they kept it going forward. Sure. But um, sure. but uh, yeah, I, what I did was um, for some God had given Marilyn I favor with marriages. We um, we worked with youth for ten years, and then the youth started asking us to do their premarital counseling. They said, uh, "Ask them why." They said, "We want what you guys have." God has been really kind to us in our own marriage, and. Um, then we started groups, and for some reason had a long waiting list to be in group, and then got ordained pastor of marriage and started running a marriage minister in our own local church and was doing that while I was in the law. And then and then when I got ordained pastor of marriage at our local church, it was lay pastor, and I realized we did premarital counseling and crisis counseling, but we really had no strategy for the marriage. And when we, we looked around at other churches, that was normative, churches here we'll get you ready and if you ever hate each other we'll beg you not to divorce and I thought, that just there seems there seems to be a potential better strategy that we could devise yeah, so. i know marilyn talk about that brad just mentioned the you know if you ever hate each other and my hunch is that you might throw in there and when you hate each other i mean talk, that's you exactly guys, I mean, right yeah you, well you you even described your own marriage as saying look for us the honeymoon was over before the honeymoon was over i mean it it, it was kind of a bumpy road and and you're doing this for so many years in terms of marriage. Talk about how your own experience kind of played into uh, this marriage ministry that you guys now have. Well, how you started the show, talking about why is it that we, we watch these movies and it looks like bliss, but then yeah. marriage is flat or lots of them end. And I think we buy into the cultural 
belief that marriage should be easy. It should be beautiful and fun, and it's about what I get from it, when none of that is what Scripture teaches us about marriage. I mean, if we're, marriage is to be a picture of the gospel, and that's the relationship of Christ to the church, well, he laid down his life for his bride. So I went into marriage with the stereotypical, he's going to be my Prince Charming, we're going to live happily ever after. And then it wasn't, and I was completely dismayed. And I was working on a graduate degree at the time and thinking, if I don't tell him all the things that he's doing wrong that make me feel unloved, <laughs> he won't know. So right, I was crying on a regular basis. and. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just a, a train wreck, quick in our marriage, and I went from being a stable person to this, you know, one day to the next, happy or sad based on how I felt like Brad was treating me. And about a year in, I even prayed, Lord, am I sentenced to a life of this? Like, wow. is this what it is? And I felt, and and when I was crying out to the Lord, that He really showed me, I'm your hope, not Brad. Mm. And you've put him in my place. Ooh. And you're thinking about everything you want rather than what I'm calling you to be as a wife. Mm-hmm. And I felt so convicted. I went to Brad and I just said, will you forgive me? I've put you in the place of God. I don't need you to be happy. And I've just been telling you everything you do that bothers me. And I'm going to focus on what God's calling me, how I'm called to love you. And I'm sorry. And that took our marriage from a horrible place to at least a stable place because I realized, okay, I've got this backwards. This is not, um, this isn't pretty. It's not going well. It's leading us nowhere. And that was a huge game changer for the beginning of God to move in our marriage. Brad, what was it like for you? I mean, I'm listening to this saying, boy, if my wife came to me and said, hey, everything I was doing was wrong, I'd be sitting there saying, well, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's about time you realized that. Were you having similar feelings or were you kind of running around chasing your tail saying, how do I make this right? Because Marilyn always seems so unhappy. No, one time I asked her, my part of some class experiment, were you supposed to come home mm. and like do this and then chart my response and report uh, back, you know, mm-hmm. but, but in reality. And even when I was upset, he could make me laugh and I would start laughing I'd be like I'm still upset at you like I'm crying right now this is really funny but he took it, funny too far oh, I, I really thought I thought things were fine I really did I thought if she would just ever calm down and realize mm-hmm. things aren't that bad I mean I I really I was wrong but I thought my primary problem was a hypersensitive wife that just need to settle in and realize things are fine you know, so I, unfortunately, I did not, I wasn't scrambling around trying to love her better and trying to, you know, trying to fix things. I was just trying to, in fact, I'd tell her, calm down. And, you know, a great way to get your wife to calm down is to tell her, calm sure. down. So. Sure, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that work out for you, Brad? <laughs> oh, but, my. You know, it, did, it seemed, seemed to more amp things up. I'm talking with Brad and Marilyn Rhodes today here on The Bottom Line. Their book is called The Grace Marriage, How the Gospel and Intentionality Transform Your Relationship. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Marilyn, can you give us just kind of a 60-second overview of the difference between the grace-based marriage and the what most people who are having trouble in marriage right now, they have a performance-based marriage where everyone's trying really hard and it's just not working out. Yes, that's where, and that's exactly what we were in and that is where you condition your love based on how your spouse behaves like if you're um, meeting my expectations then I'm going to love you well if you're not then I'm going to distance myself or grow cold where grace is okay 
while I was a sinner, Christ died for me, and I'm called mm-hmm. to lay down my life for my spouse. And when I feel like distancing myself, when I'm hurt, it's God's kindness that leads to repentance, and I'm going to move towards my spouse and not away and give a consequence. Talk about that, Brad, from your perspective. What was it like, uh, you know, to, to begin to realize, hey, I'm no longer in this uh, this this uh, performance-based marriage, but we're starting to see the grace show up. Yeah, it was just basically Marilyn just loves Brad. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, she doesn't love Brad when he's doing well and doesn't love me when I'm not doing well. It it just stabilizes things because it's just like you just choose to love one another. And, and we've all got good stuff about us. We've all got bad stuff about us. We've all got fun stuff about us, and we're all extremely annoying. But if, <laughs> you know, if, when, it, when, it's, when it's based on grace, it's just, I love you, period. And mm-hmm. it's just, sta- it's stable, it's safe, it's secure. It's just because it's like God, he just loves us. You know, it's, it's just hard to, he didn't look down and say, man, you are so impressive, Brad. <laughs> I'm going to choose to love you. No, he yeah. looked at the opposite. And he said, I'm oh. never going to quit loving you, and nothing can separate you from my love. And then the, the same thing goes over into marriage. He said, look, I just choose to love you, and nothing can separate us from our love. Because when, when our spouse is doing their worst, and we're not talking abuse, infidelity, stuff like that, but when they're cold and they're distant and they're struggling and they're kind of into themselves, it's that's when they need love the most. And it's oftentimes when we withdraw from one another in marriage. So it's almost like when we fall in a ditch, the performance-based model is, would you please get out of that ditch? It's right. really annoying. The, <laughs> the grace-based is, I pity the man that falls and has no one to help him up. I love mm-hmm. you. And you go down and you just keep loving and pursuing and helping. And it's that atmosphere. That's really brilliant counsel from Brad Rhodes and his wife, Marilyn, today here on The Bottom Line. They are the authors, co-authors of the brand new book called The Grace Marriage, How the Gospel and Intentionality Transform Your Relationship. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, also a link for their uh, their great ministry called Grace Marriage, which helps churches as well as couples prioritize marriage during those tough years, not just in the premarital times or not just in the, well, I guess it's almost overtime, but in the, how do you take a an okay marriage and turn it from okay to good and good to great. We've got a link for all this info up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll take a quick break and come back with more in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You've been in an accident and the worst thing you can do is to wait to contact Stephanie at Cover Law. Stephanie frequently talks to people who waited too long to seek help with their cases or tried to handle them on their own. And by then, it's too late. Family and friends mean well, but they can give truly bad advice. Often even trusted advisors will try and convince you to wait for more compensation. Stephanie knows the insurance companies want you to wait. They don't want you to file police reports, and they don't want you to reach out to Stephanie at Cover Law. That's because Stephanie is keenly aware of the tactics they use and why. She spent 20 years litigating for insurance companies and knows the strategy they will use to minimize their liability and your awarded amount. Insurance companies are for profit. They don't share Stephanie's Christian values, and typically they won't be fair to you. Don't deny yourself the ability to get better. Go with a proven expert in the field of personal injury and contact Cover Law at kbrightradio.com slash c-o-v-e-r today. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're not talking movies this hour. Uh, Brad and Marilyn Rhodes are my guests, and we're talking about the grace marriage, how the gospel 
and intentionality transform your relationship. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one, not two, but three copies of this book to give away. See, I told you, here we are the day before a major national holiday where a lot of folks are phoning in their best ofs and stuff like that, and we have giveaways. The Amanda Jenkins book on the chosen and the beauty of the blending of the Gospels, and blending meaning the harmony of the Gospels. We've got two of those books to give away, and then three copies of Brad and Marilyn Rhodes' book, The Grace Marriage, How the Gospel and Intentionality Transform Your Relationship. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, I mentioned the three copies of Brad and Marilyn's book, And the fact that grace and intentionality are the keys to keeping a marriage going and growing strong. I don't know how long you've been married. I don't know if you're still married or if you ever were married. But you know someone who will benefit from this. The idea that grace shows up in the day-to-day. We were just talking about that, Marilyn and I in particular, about how many people just kind of get stuck in the average, every ordinary type of way of living, and they forget that it's grace that shows up in the day-to-day. You love your partner, whether they're having a lousy, crunchy day or if they're having a wonderful, spectacular day. Um, Grace and identity, and grace in crisis too, my goodness. Uh, How often does the crisis happen and what you find yourself doing is really lashing out at your spouse? I know I've counseled many couples who maybe mom had a lousy relationship with her dad growing up or she had a tough relationship with a a verbally abusive or physically or emotionally abusive ex-spouse, gets married to the man of her dreams second time around, but every time things start to flare up, uh, a little bit of PTSD shows up. And that makes it very, very challenging for the family to, uh, you know, for the couple especially, to have the kind of relationship that God wants them to have because they still have those moments where they're still remembering how frustrating it was. 800-227-5278 gets you through to the bottom line show. We've got three copies of Brad and Marilyn Rhodes' book, The Grace Marriage, How the Gospel and Intentionality Transform Your Relationship. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, we'll continue this conversation with Brad and Marilyn Rhodes and give you another opportunity to win a fabulous prize that can really be the center point of helping your good marriage get stronger or helping your weakening marriage get back on track. Uh, we'll talk about the grace marriage and the connection grace plays in having a strong marriage coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Brad and Marilyn Rhodes are my guests today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Their brand new book is called The Grace Marriage, How the Gospel and Intentionality Transform Your Relationship. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and also uh, information about their ministry, uh, which is called Grace Marriage, which they founded in 2015. And, you know, boy, I'll tell you guys, during the break, I was just thinking about how Brad, your career in law uh, and Marilyn's career with counseling, uh, you know, does it to me, it almost seems like it could be a real train wreck, especially having a husband who's a lawyer, Marilyn, who just you know sits there and you know, is <laughs> categorizing everything and knows the letter of the law to the point where he's saying, now, wait a minute, just because I said it this way doesn't mean I meant it that way. But I guess that's where, where the grace comes in, right? Uh, talk about you've got, you've identified several areas of a marriage where grace plus that makes the marriage work the way God intended it. And I know during the breakup, Brad, we were talking about one of the areas that a lot of couples 
look past because life is just so I had a friend years ago. He had, he was one of the, he was one of these great guys who was great, kind of like Norm Crosby. He would make these types of expressions all the time. We were at the gym one day and he just really rededicated his life to Christ. I said, Brad, what do you, what do you think about, you know, your new life in Christ right now? He goes, I don't know, Roger, it's tough. It's just so daily. And we just had a good laugh over the fact that he thought all his problems would go away and it would just be kind of one big party until he, you know, went home to be with the Lord. And then all of a sudden he realized, hey, wait a minute, this is a day in and day out type of thing. And Brad, I know that the that's a, that's probably a big revelation, especially for guys, is that grace in the day to day is something that is not only available, but when it's applied properly, it really does make things better in the marriage. And applied properly, it just it just removes frustration. And it just inserts gratitude and it inserts love. And I was giving you an example on the break where yesterday I was driving over to my daughter, my married daughter's house, and my wife had put a plant out front and given me two bows to put on the plant and then water it before I left. <laughs> and I thought the only part of what she asked me to do, I forgot, was everything. And I came home and did <laughs> nothing. And But it, it wasn't malicious. It was just pure forgetfulness. And sure. when I got home, I was like, that's okay. And overlooking a fence promotes love, and I didn't like. She didn't have. I can't believe you did that. I did these bows. I did this. I did that. You know. So I. So I don't live in an atmosphere of afraid to mess up because mm-hmm. I really do feel like Marilyn has me under grace. Yeah, and that's wonderful, especially. And in that area, uh, you mentioned communication. Uh, Marilyn is, is something that's huge, especially when it comes to wives to husbands. When Brad described that whole situation, I thought, I, I mean, Lisa and I've been married for almost four years, and I wonder how many hundreds of times. I've done that with her where she's asked me to do something. And then I'll come back five minutes later and go, now, what did you just ask me? I mean, just for whatever reason, it just didn't register. Talk about how grace and communication can really help put things together when you have a husband who isn't as good a communicator as the wife. Oh, communication, I think, is an area where we need often the most grace. Because as men and women, we think so differently. Often, I'm a feeler, Brad's a thinker, so... We come at problems from completely different perspectives. So in communication, the whole key is to let your spouse feel heard, to try and put yourself in your spouse's shoes. Mm. You know, at the beginning of our marriage, we were both trying to prove he was right. You talk about the attorney-counselor thing. I would be like, I don't want to be on the witness stand right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am not in court with you. And and so we could we just went round and round about who was right and who was wrong and it doesn't matter. It matters that feelings are hurt. There's an issue that needs to be addressed, and we miss the step of trying to understand each other and end up defensive. And when you bring grace to the table in communication, you your your whole goal is, okay, I want to understand where Brad's coming from in this yeah. circumstance. And he's seeking, I want to understand where you're coming from. And that puts you both in a better place to then move forward if you're coming from different perspectives and there's so many issues of life where we're not going to agree on everything. And if grace isn't central, your communication will break down fast. And the other area that it's so huge is in crisis times because Mm. life's just hard. And when crisis hit, um, grace is huge. And we've had a few hard stretches in our marriage where kid health crisis, Brad's health crisis or mine or issues with work. And, and we had a year where after the birth of our fifth child, where I was, I was depressed. We had had kid health issues and I just, I could barely function. I mean, I didn't even want to get out of bed in the morning Wow! and we had gotten grace at this point and Brad just 
loved me through that year. We went on dates, mm. and I cried every single date. I would sit mm. there and just cry. So I was not mm. a fun date. And <laughs> he he wasn't telling me, you need to have more faith. You need to be in the Word more. You just need to pray more. Or you need to be exercising. He just buried his bar of expectations of me and just loved me through that year. And on the other side, I, I was in the car, and I was driving, and I felt happy for the first time in the year. And I called him, and mm. I said, Brad... I'm happy today. I'd forgotten what it felt like to be happy. And thank you for loving me through this because you could have told me all the things I needed to be doing Mm -hmm. and you'd have been right. Mm -hmm. And it would have buried me. But instead, him just loving me and showing me grace helped me get out of that spot quicker. Brad, we're really about, good at crying. So. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, Brad, give us your perspective. Brad and Marilyn Rhodes with me today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called The Grace Marriage, How the Gospel and Intentionality Transform Your Relationship. It's not a natural reflex for us as guys to see our wife in a situation, whether it is something that she could correct on her own or maybe something else is happening, maybe it's a relationship or a kid thing. Our natural tendency, first and foremost, is how can I fix it, not, hey, let's go have a date. And if you just cry the whole date, that's okay, because that's what you need. Talk, talk about what it was like for you to, uh, to to show that grace in crisis. Marilyn just needed to know she was loved. I mean, it didn't, I mean, that she didn't need me to tell her things she already knew and yeah. things she didn't even have the capacity to do because she was just so down. It was, she just needed to be loved. And it's like, God showed both of us, you know, the greatest of these is love. And it's, right. you, know, you know, how often does mutual instruction between husband and wife result in life transformation? I mean, husbands say, you know, I was, I was really struggling, but, you know, she stayed at me long enough that I finally got it, <laughs> you know, or, or, the, or the chief says, you know, he was just, he, he tried to control my behavior and finally he controlled it and it's better now. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 that's just not the way it works. It's, it's God's kindness that leads to repentance. The Holy Spirit brings about heart change. You know, it's, we want to be vessels of love to one another where they just know that, look, you're my wife. I love you. I love mm-hmm. you when you sob in your fries and I love you when we're having a blast. It, you mm-hmm. know, it's, you know, it's just, it's just, I love Marilyn Rose and I do, I just love Marilyn Rose and there's seasons she does really well. There's seasons she does really poorly. There's seasons I'm grouchy and rude, and there's seasons that I'm fun, thoughtful, and gentle, but Marilyn just loves me. Mm. And I wish I was totally consistent, but I hadn't figured that one out yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I... things so much faster. Yeah, talk about that, Marilyn. That, that's huge because, I mean, I can imagine the grudge factor it could be huge in a marriage, especially, you know, you talked about how for you guys, you knew it was on the honeymoon. <laughs> All of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute, we got some issues here. But you get 10, 15, 25 years down the road, and that, that's it's plenty of time to build a house big enough that has closets big enough to throw all those grudges in there. So when you get into conflict, mm-hmm. it's like, hold on a second. Let me, I, I think I, let me pull these out and they all come crashing out like a bunch of old toys and you just take them out and play with yeah. them. How, how do you, how do you work through those? Well, you, so it's not that you don't address issues because, and we talk about that in the grace and communication, because if there's a, a pattern of behavior, you want to work through those kind of issues. But mm-hmm. the, the whole beauty of grace is you do get over things faster. We can have a bad night and be okay the next day because mm-hmm. our hope isn't in um, 
Brad becoming perfect or me becoming perfect because this God of heaven were not. Right. And we used to go long stretches early in our marriage. If he hurt my feelings and I'm going to distance myself and then we wouldn't come together physically and then we get more frustrated with each other. So we'd go weeks angry at each other. Mm. And when you mess up, but you get grace, you can get over it so much faster just in a day. I mean, we can start a date wrong and then I can start praying like we've been on a run before and and I thought okay that just hurt my feelings but I'm not going to let this ruin our date and even just um, saying verses to yourself like set a guard over my mouth or yet while I was a sinner Christ died for me and and all of these things and and we found that when you infuse your marriage with grace it actually spurs on sanctification quicker we Mm. both have moved forward in our walk with the Lord and in loving each other better by not criticizing than by criticizing. It's just, it leaves space for the Holy Spirit to work. Like Brad said, when I'm short with him and he responds in kindness, then I'm I'm left to deal with myself. And I think, man, that wasn't, that didn't come out very kindly. And, and I'll often come back to him later and say, will you forgive me? I was completely overwhelmed. And that, and, and then we're just restored so much faster. Mm. Well, that's beautiful to hear and very encouraging. Marilyn and Brad Rhodes, the authors of the brand new book called The Grace Marriage, How the Gospel and Intentionality Transform Your Relationship. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And Brad and Marilyn, I can see why there's nothing but five-star reviews up at Amazon. This is a great concept, and you guys communicate it so very, very well. Uh, The book's up at thebottomlineshow.com. Brad and Marilyn Rhodes, thank you for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. What a great, powerful, and honest conversation featuring Brad and Marilyn Rhodes of The Marriage Project today here on The Bottom Line. And we've been talking about their brand new book called The Grace Marriage, which I highly commend to you. We've got three copies of this book to give away, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to The Bottom Line. Again, three copies of this book. Uh, the Grace Marriage to give away. And I, if you would benefit from having it, of course, by all means, call in and win it. But if you know somebody who would, maybe you've got um, friends, maybe you've got kids. I know my daughter Kaylee and her husband Kevin just celebrated their seventh wedding anniversary yesterday. And we're so excited for them and happy for them and the path that God has them on. Um, this is a book that I think Kevin and Brian, Kane, Kevin, Taylor and Kristen, those are our three married daughters. Uh, the sons aren't married yet (laughs) and and that's probably there's probably a good reason for that but this this whole concept of grace is so important for us to understand and that's why it's so um well it's it's so important to have 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line on the other side of this break a city in orange county california actually took steps to limit the kinds of flags that could be flown on city-owned property or at City Hall, things of that nature. And people kind of came unglued. Well, of course, tomorrow is Independence Day. The American flag flies everywhere anyway. But are there other flags that might be flying at county buildings uh, throughout Orange County? Or did Orange County actually take a page out of the playbook from the city of Huntington Beach and adopt a new policy on their own? 
You might not have heard about this, but I'm going to share it with you coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. Ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Third of July edition of the program. We're still giving away those copies of Brad and Marilyn Rhodes' book, The Grace Marriage, How the Gospel and Intentionality Transform Your Relationship. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Hey, uh, with tomorrow being Fourth of July, of course, I know a lot of people, I saw them throughout the uh, neighborhoods here in town over the weekend. And I know there are a lot of people who are getting patriotic and putting the American flag up. Um, I've shared before, and I'll share again, how important it is, I think, for us in the body of Christ to be mindful of people who may not be as zealous in their enthusiasm for uh, sharing the, uh, uh, the 4th of July message uh, with people. Uh, Independence Day for some folks, depending on your family history, may not be a good memory. I mean, we love America. I still believe America, warts and all, is the best national experiment in the history of the world. But for those who, you know, tomorrow is going to be a challenging day, they'll say, yeah, we'll celebrate. You know, fireworks are fun. Food's fun. Parades are fun. Music's fun. But when you start talking about, well, let's talk about Independence Day, remember how few people or how many people were actually allowed to to do uh, that celebrating for real. I mean, we just had Juneteenth celebration a couple of weeks ago, actually two weeks ago today. And that's kind of, uh, it's been referred to as Black Independence Day. And people say, well, no, we shouldn't have a black and a white. And, well, you know, in all honesty, I think you could make a case for saying American Independence Day on the whole for the idea of the country because the Declaration of Independence was signed on July 4th, 1776. Absolutely recognize that. But don't diminish June 19th, 1865, because that's the day that the final slaves... Uh, historically, we're told in Texas, we're told that they were free. And uh, that's when uh, basically that was the end of slavery. We as Americans should be celebrating that uh, in mass. So um, I encourage you to uh, enjoy your 4th of July celebration, knowing that it kind of bookends with Juneteenth. I know my logical brain says I wish one were before the other, uh, you know, if, if we could do 4th of July on in the middle of June and then to uh, the, the other when we did. But it's the way it came up and it's a good source of discussion. And you can celebrate both, I believe, and honor your country and honor our Christian faith by showing those as well. Now, one of the ways that people like to celebrate, of course, is by raising a flag and putting flags on property and things of that nature. 
And the city of Huntington Beach recently took the unprecedented step to restrict uh, the flags displayed on city-owned properties and say that now it could only be government flags and military flags, et cetera, et cetera. Um, In 2021, Huntington Beach joined a lot of other Orange County cities. I mean, this is where it started in hoisting up the pride flag during the month of June. Uh, rainbow striped uh, banner, symbol of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer communities. A lot of cities across the county, um, like Anaheim, Aliso Viejo, right here in Costa Mesa, Laguna Beach, Irvine, Santa Ana, uh, pride flags were displayed all throughout the month of June on uh, city property. Here's where it gets interesting, though, because people say, wait, are you telling me if I live in the city, I can fly the flag or I can't fly the flag? With your private property, you can fly whatever flag you want to. I mean, as long as it's not, I will kill everybody or something like that, something really horrible. But if you want to fly the American flag, do it. State flag, do it. Christian flag, pride flag, whatever you want to on your private property. What we're talking about here is the city of Huntington Beach said, look, the city owns certain parcels of property. And we are just determining that we're not going to put any kind of flag on there other than a government flag that would be. Uh, United States of America, state of California, Orange County, city of Huntington Beach. Uh, We'll do MIAPOW. We'll do uh, Veterans Affairs, police officer support, firefighter support, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not going to do, you know, whatever. It's interesting because when Huntington Beach made their decision, the director of health and wellness at the uh, LGBTQ Center OC said, we're taking 10 steps back. I have a, uh, it's a concern for the well-being of our youth, our trans, our non-binary, et cetera, et cetera. Um, here's, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the Orange County Board of Supervisors uh, a couple of weeks ago voted to do the same thing. So now anything Uh, Any piece of property that is owned by the county of Orange will be limited to the American flag, California flag, Orange County flag, etc. And it's amazing how many people are appalled by this. Um, It was by a three to two vote. But what's interesting is people can fly these in their neighborhoods all the time. But when you see... um, one of the guys who's a lawyer at the Orange County Public Defender's Office, for example, said he values the pride flag because it shows the ability to live freely. Well, um, yeah, but the government also has the opportunity to make a determination as to whether or not they're going to fly. There's a Massachusetts law, for example, where one town in Massachusetts actually would fly the Christian flag every year on a certain day because a local Christian group was doing some kind of special event. And they'd fly it for a couple of days and that was it. And then, of course, the angry humanist and crabby atheist got a hold of that piece and said, no, you can't do that. Separation of church and state. And then they caved. But then a court ruled, no, actually, you can make the decision. But the key component in the decision was that it was the legal entity, in this case, the city, talking about their city hall, talking about the flagpoles on their city hall, that the city had the determination as to whether or not to fly that flag. Well, every city in Orange County has the ability to set those policies. And some cities say yes. I mentioned Costa Mesa being one of them. Huntington Beach said no. And now the Orange County Board of Supervisors said, here's what they're doing. They're only going to say a state flag, a county flag, the U.S. flag, and the POW MIA flag. Those are the only ones. They're not even doing police or firefighting. And the Orange County Board of Supervisors has the right to do that on their property. If you ask the average citizen in Orange County, do you know 
what property the county owns, what property your city owns, what property the state owns, what property the federal government owns, most of us would say, I don't know. I mean, do you have any idea how many buildings you drive by, maybe like in downtown LA, for example, that look like it used to be a big something office building or whatever, and it's empty, but the lights are on, it sounds like the air conditioning's on, and it turns out that might be owned by the city of LA or the county of LA or the state of California, and they just don't want to sell it. So they keep it up and fully operational and empty. Well, basically, this is where if you were to find out what, and you could probably contact the Orange County Board of Supervisors and say, will you please tell me where you own property? Because we want to know, because we want to make sure either that you're not flying those gay flags or we want to find out why you're not flying them here. It's really interesting. I mean, and in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? That's a huge question for us as Christians to consider. On the other side of this break, I want to take a look at the issue of what we get upset over and what things we could probably leave undone with regard to having an opinion on everything. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues in a moment. So keep it right here. By the way, don't forget, we're still giving away those copies of Brad Marilyn Rhodes' book on the Grace Marriage, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash wilsonfinancial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Barsh. Thanks to everybody who's called in to get a copy of the book by Amanda Jenkins and Dallas Jenkins about the chosen and their blended gospel approach. It's a 40-day devotional book. We've been giving away a couple copies today at 800-227-5278 and kind of making that our... Uh, <laughs> Our movie Monday by default, since The Chosen invariably season four has been wrapped up production wise and they will be in theaters, I'm sure, with a debut or some kind of special programming sometime this fall. So 800-227-5278. Also, thanks to Brad and Marilyn Rhodes for joining me uh, for a conversation about the uh, uh, the Grace Marriage, their great new book and how the gospel and intentionality transform your relationship. <clears throat> we have three copies of that book that we're giving away right now. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And as we get ready to celebrate American Independence Day tomorrow, if you're driving through Orange County, California, and you see any of the county buildings that only have an American flag or a California flag or the Orange County flag, or a flag for POWs and MIAs, and you wonder why that is, there's a reason. And the reason is the Orange County Board of Supervisors did vote on June the 6th, as a matter of fact. 
that the uh, that the county would only fly those those uh, issues. Um, Fourth District Supervisor Doug Chafee was the dividing deciding vote. He said, "I the reason we're trying to promote equity among everyone." And at this time, I see so many groups that are conflicting with each other that he voted for banning the other flags and just keeping it to the ones I just mentioned, because he said, I, I don't think there's a need to single out any certain cause or group above all the rest. Now, it's interesting because uh, the programs assistant at the, uh, uh, the LGBTQ Center in Orange County said that uh, this actually creates more division um, because, quite frankly, he says it's more than just a flag. Uh, it's an invitation that says you're welcome in this building. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, as a Christian, anytime I go to uh, a state organization or a county organization or this, that, and the other thing, the last thing I'm thinking of is, oh, boy, I feel seen and accepted because there's a Christian flag up there. But I understand, too, that there are people in the LGBTQ community who have a really big deal with the, the, the issue of acceptance and welcoming and, and the fact that they want to be seen. Let me tell you why that whole being seen thing and your identity, whatever, is somewhat perilous, if I may suggest this. Um, I take us back to the Gospel of John in the third chapter. The, we've got the whole Nicodemus situation, and then in verse 16 of John chapter 3, we find out that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's only begotten son. Here's where the whole identity thing kind of loses its luster for me. And that's in John chapter three, verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. There's a huge disconnect between those saying, I want to be seen for living this kind of lifestyle and people who think it's important in this culture, in the here and now, to be exonerated that way. Whereas those of us who are godly are saying, wait, are you sure about that? Do you really want to draw attention to that? Because if you do, then you're doing it not only before God, but before all of mankind and that will ultimately lead to your demise. I can't think of a more loving thing to do than to encourage people to not share that kind of information. But that's the good news, and that's the bottom line.